Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back to the Monsters of Socks podcast, where Justin Turner can't stop hitting home runs. Was that a question mark at the end of podcast? I told you. I told you Justin Turner would hit home runs. You did. I mean, he's doing it. He has what four on the season or five? How many does he have this week? Yeah, okay, fair point. Fair point. He is the weather is heating up, and Justin Turner's power is heating up. The old bones, the old bones are loosening up. Yeah, the, yeah, bones, the ball is flying farther. I wonder if there has been a study done on whether older players perform worse in cold weather because, like, I perform worse in daily life in cold weather. So it would make sense that baseball players would face the same challenges. Yes, everyone who reaches middle age does the study themselves and say, oh, yeah, it's definitely harder. Yeah. Definitely harder in cold weather. This is part of, literally, this is part of why I haven't panicked about Kluber yet because my thing is that a guy like Kluber specifically is made to eat up those July and August innings when you're at the beach and you're listening to the game and he's just got that I mean, we'll see whether that happens or not. Okay. Well, you are you are wrong to not panic about Corey Kluber, and we will get into that um, because I do want to talk. Okay, we have let lots me, to talk let, me about. let me rephrase why I haven't heretofore panicked. Okay. I reserve the right to panic later in this conversation. <laughs> you should have panicked already. We will get to that. We have to talk. We have to talk about Kluber. We got to talk about the rotation today. 
We got to talk about the Padres series today. Um, we got to talk about some other offensive performers besides just Justin Turner. Uh, but before we do get into that, I want to give you an update on something. I don't know if you saw this. Upd- update you and update our listeners from something else that we discussed a couple of weeks ago. Oh, I'm excited. A couple of weeks ago, we discussed what it should mean to, quote unquote, pull a Dick Cheney. Oh, boy. So I decided to throw up a little Twitter poll. Um, now, the results of this Twitter poll. So I, 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 you know, I said, what does it mean to pull a Dick Cheney? Is it one, shoot a guy in the face? Two, hire yourself for a job? Or three, give your dog a boring human name like David? Um, the results are not surprising, right? We we knew that shoot a guy in the face was going to win, and it received eighty seven point six percent of the vote. Is and that I a think lot? Is that a lot? That's, I mean, for Dick for Dick Cheney, he might say, "Well, yeah. maybe the maybe the thirteen for the twelve point four percent wins." Well, that's know. fair enough. It's not it's not a lot for like like Saddam Hussein's electoral counts um, sticking with the Dick Cheney theme, but it's a lot for a Twitter poll, I think. And it would be, I think if I hadn't given choices, it probably, if you just ask somebody, Hey, what does it mean to pull a Dick Cheney? Like 99% of people will say, shoot a guy in the face. I think it was only because I gave choices and then people probably got to hire yourself for a job and they said, Oh yeah, I remember that. That's funny. That they chose to pick that. So I think it's, I think it would have been even higher if we didn't give them choices. But the final results, 87.6% shoot a guy in the face, 10.8% hire yourself for a job, 1.6% name your dog, uh, a boring human name like David. Now, like I said, those results are not surprising. But the more I'm thinking about this, the more I think, the more I'm disappointed in these results. And I think we should make an effort to change the discourse about what it means to pull a Dick Cheney because let's face it. um, Most of us are never going to shoot a guy in the face or know anyone who shoots a guy in the face or know someone who's been shot in the face. I don't expect to ever find myself in that scenario in my life. Um, You must live in a different country. (laughs) Uh, Okay. I mean, (laughs) I live in the same country that you do. How often does that happen to you? Uh, yeah. so the circles the circles closing for everybody, Dan, but maybe a little <laughs> bit slower up That's here in true. the Northeast. That's true. But, you know, but even if it does happen, I probably won't be in the mood to joke about it. Um, if it happens in an innocent hunting accident and, it, and the victim is is some corrupt GOP donor, then fine. I'll laugh about it. <laughs> Um, if it happens in the school down the street, probably not. Um, so, but, but anyway, my point is you're never going to have an opportunity to say it. If pull, if pull a Dick Cheney refers to shooting a guy in the face, same thing with hiring a guy for yourself for a job, really? Like it's, it's conceivable that you might know someone who hires himself for a job at one point in your life, but like, what are the odds then, even if that happens that you're going to remember to use that phraseology when that happens, to, to pull out that joke, oh, you pulled a Dick Cheney. You're going to forget that because it's only going to happen once in your life and you're not going to be on top of it. But someone you know or you yourself giving your dog a boring human name, that happens all the time. And that's a perfect opportunity to release this phrase into the world, pull a Dick Cheney. It's the only way we actually can make it a thing. So the more I think about this, I knew it was going to lose. I knew it was going to lose big, 
But I think this is kind of a travesty. I think pulling a Dick Cheney <laughs> needs to refer to giving your dog a boring human name. You could just allege voter fraud. No, I didn't. No, no, no. I'm not alleging voter fraud. No, I'm not saying there was voter fraud. I'm saying just allege it. Oh, I should allege voter fraud. Okay, yeah. yes, that's that's true. That's fair enough. Um, yeah, I mean, I do want to figure out. We have a platform. I know you did not give your dog a boring human name. Um, and I know there's going to be people listening who did give their dog a boring human name right now, and they're pissed at me right now. And I get it. And they'll be even more pissed if I admit that I actually don't have a dog and I've never had a dog. I literally don't have a dog in this fight. Uh, but I still feel very strongly that your dog should not be named David. I just no, feel very, very I, I strongly disagree. about that. I disagree. I love dogs with human names. and uh, You didn't do it yourself. Well, the, have you heard of Pepper Johnson, the former NFL yeah, I, player? I know it can be a human name. I understand but... that. Pepper Potts? <laughs> Marvel Cinematic Universe, Pepper Potts Stark. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm vaguely familiar with that. Vaguely familiar uh, with that. No, obviously I was. I did not. I know someone whose dog's name is Keith. That's what you're talking about. <laughs> yes, and that's that person pulled a Dick Cheney, and they should be scorned for that, Keith. No, unless unless that's intention. Unless they were intentionally trying to be funny. Of course they know. were. Of well, <laughs> Keith. That is awful. Keith? Keith the dog. I do know uh, uh, one of our a rival baseball podcaster, Michael Schur, um, who's much more are, famous for things are, other are, are than Are we his podcasts. rivals? Yeah, yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, I know he he uh, told the story once. He got, I think, I don't think they were dogs. I think they were cats, which changes the calculus. He got two cats and he named one of them like Mr. Snugglesworth or something like that. And he named the other one the cat equivalent of Keith, which is funny, I think, to do that, to split it up. Um, but it's only so funny. I mean, it's, you know, it's like it's it's been done before. So I think if, so I guess fair enough. If, if, if you earnestly name your dog Keith, then it's a problem and we need to talk. I, uh, uh, I mean, I, I, don't have any problems with dog names is I see. I don't think that's a bad dog name. I don't Keith. know what a bad dog name is though. Growing up. Oh, did I, I think we talked about this. We, you know, I talked about this where someone on our street had named their dog super soaker 2000 or 3000. I don't think we did discuss was. that. They were All right, that, that's that's the wrong that's that's taking things too far the other right. well they were kids they were like eight years old and the parents yeah, but presumably they had adult supervision that's what that's what he, parents need to step in when this happens that's that's neglectful parenting yeah i mean look every dog is going to be going to have a million nicknames anyway so Frankly, the name doesn't to me matter all that much. Like I what call is, my dog what Pepper. Is Keith the dog. Pepper. Pepper's Pepper is like when I need to say her government name to get her attention, but otherwise it's Pep, uh, Pepperoni, uh, Pup Guardiola. You'd like that one. <laughs> that that is a good one. Yeah, well, yeah. Um, you can go many many puppy long stockling. I, I whatever yeah. flies off the top of my head. Yeah, yeah, that's good. You can't do that with Keith. That's that's kind of the point. That's a good point. Yeah. All right. 
Should we talk about Red Sox baseball? Eh. They lost <laughs> we, four in we, a row. They <laughs> lost. Four. By the way, I want to point something out. We talked about last week's. Uh, we previewed the Cardinal series. Did I say it would be a sweep, or did I not say it? Would you be a sweep? said it would be a sweep. You nailed just, it. Just you stop. Let's just it. stop the reviewing the predictions at that confirmation. Yeah. I yeah. said the absolute value of my prediction was correct. Yeah, I said James Paxton would strike out the side and then give up four and runs in the second. Neither one of those things happened. Um, so I was wrong. You were right only technically, which is the dumbest way to be right. So congratulations. I only heard that you were right part. And look at you talking up Josh Winkowski last week. And what did you do? What did you do? Uh, I know. Did I curse him? I think we might have seen an illustration as to why uh, relievers tend not to stay at the top of uh, the war leaderboards because it's very uh, fluky. Unless, I guess, you're Yenny or Cano, in which case you just never, yeah. ever give up hits or walks. But Yeah, that guy's pretty nuts. It's I, I, I don't get it. Anyhow, but that's not Red Sox baseball. It's not. Uh, sorry. So do you have anything specific you want to discuss or should we just find out what you're angry about? I just want to continue my Duran and Turner victory tours. Okay. I actually don't have anything on Duran or Turner in my, in my, uh, my little anger. Oh, oh, the thing, the things you were wrong about were things that you didn't want to talk about. (laughs) That is so weird. All right. Well, all right. For on Jaron Duran. Let's okay. It's more. You want to. You want to take. Yeah, it is. You want to claim a victory lap on Duran. All you said about Duran was. Yeah, I know. What you said about Duran for the season was quote. I think there's still a player in there. That's not. You didn't go out and say he's going to OPS over a thousand. No, I did not say that because I did not think that it was going to happen. I'll be honest about that. But this is pretty much exactly what I thought Justin Turner would do. Turner Turner is playing well and I and I was well I yes I was I was very skeptical about Justin Turner. He was so bad in the first half last year. He was so so bad. I did not see this coming. I have to admit. Um so fair enough. By the way, um again, to talk about Justin Turner but to not really talk about Justin Turner. We we mentioned a couple of weeks ago that he posted a picture of the uh Oh yes. The, the peanut, the peanut, no, oh, not Mr. the wiener, the peanut yeah. mobile. Uh-huh. Um, I was driving around Boston, around the Boston area, a couple of days after we discussed that, and I found the building that his picture was was the, his picture of the peanut mobile um, showed. He, you know, he, he well, he showed he posted two pictures: one when he was behind the peanut mobile, and then one when it was parked. I found the building where it's parked. The peanut mobile wasn't still there, but I just recognized the building uh, from the tweet. So if anyone's curious, peanut mobile, Cleveland circle in a uh, little, the area around Cleveland circle where there's like a bunch of athletic fields. Um, and then there's a couple of, there's like an old waterworks building that's now been turned into a big condo complex. The peanut mobile was parked in front of that condo complex. So if you're looking for Justin Turner, um, because you're a weird stalker, start in Cleveland Circle. That's my advice. Yeah, I was gonna say, I, I, are you 
encouraging stalking? I guess I probably should. Yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not. I did, and I already told the story once of uh, when I did see Justin Turner in New York City, right? Because I I stumbled. I, I I used to I used to eat lunch in the courtyard of a hotel that, unbeknownst to me, until the very moment I saw Justin Turner, is where a lot of American League or, or teams playing the Yankees stay. Um. So I've already seen Justin Turner in the wild. And now I know, well, uh, I don't know where he lives, but I know where he drives past. Cleveland You've seen him in the urban jungle. I don't want to see Justin Turner in the wild. I see that guy and I don't know who he is because he's, you know, he's a big guy too. He was massive. Yeah, that's. He was massive. We don't realize how big. My dad. Uh, we really don't. My dad is a doctor and he was in a hospital in Arizona one day 15 years ago. And he walked in and he saw somebody talking and he's like, this guy is enormous, just so big. It was chilling. It just, yeah, like he just couldn't get over like how enormous yeah. he was. And, and chilling when you watch him on TV is, is one of the most average Joe looking ball players there is like, you know, he, he just looks like the school assistant principal or something like that. I think thank you God mean average. Thank God he's not that. I think you mean average Brandon. That that would be more. Oh yes, that'd be more go. Kurt Schilling's. That was that was good. That was clever. Yeah, he would appreciate that joke. Um. All right. Enough about enough about that. Let's move. Let's move. Uh. To find out what you're angry about. And, yes. Um, yes. And let's go from let's go from the opposite of someone who is a big giant monster in real life uh, to someone who's an adorable little guy who looks like a little eager with a helmet that's too big for him frankly when he plays pablo reyes oh man we're starting with pablo reyes how uh what is you what's your anger number again finding out what you're angry about positive numbers means you're angry negative numbers means you're happy how do you feel about the fact that Pablo Reyes, who has played, I believe, just was a four or five game, four or five games for the Boston Red Sox, is now the all-time leader in B-War amongst players named Pablo for the Boston Red Sox? Oof. That's, uh, there's a lot of levels there. <laughs> That was, that was thought, well crafted to get me to give an answer about why I'm mad. Yes, I know. I actually thought so. It's, so there are, uh, you know, obviously I'm referring to Pablo Sandoval here. There, it turns out there are only two Pablos who've ever played for the Red Sox. I assumed that there would be like three or four, but no, it is just Pablo Reyes and Pablo Sandoval. And Pablo Reyes has in four games surpassed Pablo Sandoval's career B-war total for the Boston Red Sox. That includes negative B-war from getting knocked around on the mound, too, I assume. So that's... Oh, good point. I actually don't know. If I, is that... I don't know if I that's know. true. I don't, I don't know, know if position players, when they pitch, uh, is, I don't know if they get dinged for that. Let's put good a question. seven at the anger. Uh, a, <laughs> a, that Pablo Lopez is playing this much at all, even if it's been very exciting. It's been fun, yeah. Uh, I liked the idea of the Sandoval signing, and then it was just as as bad as it possibly could have gone. So you uh, you want to take it? So I'll tell you. So Pablo uh, uh, Pablo Reyes's war with the Red Sox again, the highest war for Pablo's of all time is uh, point one. 
<laughs> after four games. Do you want to guess what Pablo Sandoval's is? I'll give you a clue. I'll, I'll tell you that he, over parts of three seasons, he played 161 games for the Red Sox. Negative three. Oh. Wow, not even close, dude. What is it? Is You said, that, wait, did you say negative point three? No, I said negative three. Oh, negative three. Okay, okay. Uh, I was negative 1.6. Okay. This is only <laughs> half as bad as I thought. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so there you go. Anyway, continue now that we've established that. No, seven. I, 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 I would love to be excited about the Pablo Lopez stuff, but Reyes, when you yeah. trade wait, wait, Reyes I, or Lopez? It's Reyes. Reyes when I was Reyes. writing up the review, I kept writing Pablo Lopez. That's the yeah. Florida pitcher, right? And yeah. I not anymore. Now he's in Minnesota, but yeah. And I had to keep changing it in the document. Thankfully I did. And now I forgot. But when you trade for a minor leaguer, now admittedly is a minor leaguer that 29 years level, right <laughs> yeah. but he he when you play for when you trade for a guy and he starts the next day it's uh it's a little concerning it's a little concerning but when you have an offense that hits like the red Sox, i guess it's less concerning yeah it's actually pretty shocking uh we all know that shortstop and second base have been a problem um i looked into some numbers a little bit this morning to see just how big of a problem it's been Red Sox middle infielders combined um, are currently 24th in the league in OPS. Red Sox shortstops lead the league in errors. Red Sox second basemen are second in the league in errors. Uh, it's bad. It, and it hasn't hurt them at all yet. Um, but it could. Yet, yet is a big, big yeah. word there. We, and, I know we, we've had discussions about the shortcomings at shortstop of one Kike Hernandez. They are noticeable. They're short. Yes, they're very short shortcomings. Um, one thing I was thinking about, I, I don't want to discuss this too much because Pot on Lansdowne got into it a little bit in, in this week's episode. Um, the Legend of Zelda, Tears of the not, Kingdom. Not the Legend. I know we can get into that later. Not, we don't need to. We don't need to. But check over the monster.com for my review. <laughs> it is our off day recommendation. Although it's although when people are listening to this, it will no longer be an off day. Um, That's a good but, point. But there will be off days in the future. Well, if they just play the game and don't watch the Red Sox game, every yeah. day will be an well. Off it's day. it's. I guess tonight's game, tonight being Friday, is a late. It's a West Coast start, so you have time between seven and and nine thirty eight, whenever first pitch is to to play Zelda. That's true. Um, but anyway, so speaking of Pablo Sandoval, although he, not you mean Pablo seven a.m. to nine thirty p.m. By the way, that's what you mean. Yes, um, is and I'm only kind of speaking of Pablo Sandoval because I'm really speaking of Hanley Ramirez, but Ooh. I will always link the two of them together. Uh, is it possible that Kike, that Kike is Hanleyed? In the sense that he ends up being a surprise release on this team, because as as the, the, what Paulinho was discussing is, it's conceivable if Trevor Story comes back, and if maybe Mondesi comes back, or if Arroyo, who was hitting before he got injured, keeps hitting, it's conceivable that Kike kind of looks like he doesn't have a spot on this team right now, or or in the future, I should say, not right now. 
That's a first time I've heard that one, and it you know it's. I would be I would be surprised. It would be a lot like the Hanley thing, except for the the huge thing with Hanley is he did one thing sort of well, whereas the whole point of Kike on this team is that he can play anywhere at any time, basically. Right. And Not I that well, but you can't. No, no, but I. Also, by the time Story and or Mondesi are back, someone else will probably be hurt, you know? Yeah, that's probably true. That is probably true. And, and I think you're right. I think, I mean, it, it, realistically, what we'd be talking about is worst case scenario for him is he just goes back to being what he's always been his entire career, just a bench utility guy who, who plays three different positions every week. Um, that's, Called I mean, that's, this one, too. Called this one, too. Beginning of the season, I said, "Who is line? Who is in line to be disappointing?" I said, "Kike." You said, "Kike." Well, that was an easy one. <laughs> we, okay, this was one we just we discussed take, this on the round table. Oh, it was yeah, also yeah. easy to know Justin Turner was be good, but I just take the yeah. laps, baby. <laughs> we discussed it on our opening on our opening day round table. How weird it was, frankly, that Kike was kind of positioned as the face of the team in the off season. And and he is so popular with the fan base, given that his uh, look, he was outstanding for four months in 2001. I won't deny that. But everyone should have known and seen that that was an obvious outlier and that he wasn't going to be that guy going forward, that, that this is much closer to who Kike Hernandez is. Um, so it's, I think it should have been. Well, you know, we should have known. We knew what this was. We know what this was. We didn't know he's going to be this bad with the glove. But at least with the bat, we knew we knew what this was when we were going into the year with Kike Petsman as a starter. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it looks like it looks like he's either going to go back to being well. I guess I guess the most likely scenario right now is he ends up the everyday second baseman if Trevor Story comes back. Um, because I'm not, as far as I know, Adalberto Mondesi isn't alive. So I. That's when you said Mondesi is going to come back. I was back yeah. to what. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, fair enough. Um, but I think you know, Arroyo will come back. I do think I do think they will give Kike first dibs over Arroyo to be the second baseman, although maybe they sort of try some sort of platoon out. Um so they both hit from the same I time. don't think our boy Pablo would be long for the team and I don't scenario. I don't think so, and I, I don't think Valdez will be either. I think we probably I think he'll be back in Worcester, Pablo will join him. Um, and yeah, I think that's what we'll be looking at. All right, so, seven. We'll see. Seven. All right. Um, that was supposed to be a happy one. <laughs> I didn't anticipate, I didn't anticipate the memories of Pablo Sandoval making you so angry. Well, but it's not that, it's also having to trade for Reyes and and, and yeah, as as good as he's been, that just fills me with a little bit of dread. But yeah, yeah, it's worked out fine. All right. Well, that was supposed to be the happy one. This next one was supposed to be the one that rebounds you from happiness into anger. Uh, so we'll see. How do you feel about the fact that uh, as of this morning, and I wrote about this on OverTheMonster.com yesterday, if anyone wants to take a look about it, Red Sox starters have given up 1.8 home runs per nine innings, which is currently the ninth worst mark in Major League history. Oh, that's pretty bad. It is pretty bad. Now there's well, let's a go giant... with a nine. Let's just <laughs> let's just be very yeah. let's be very clean with it. And make it a yeah. nine. 
There is a giant caveat on that ninth worst mark in history that I said, and I wrote about that. I didn't shy away from this in the article. I, I could, I could, I could say they have the ninth worst mark in history, or I could say they have the ninth worst mark of the last five years because they it's are the same thing. It's the exact same thing. Because obviously if you look, if you look at the home runs per nine list, the top 50 are almost all pitching staffs from like 2013 forward there's like a couple of mid 90s teams that that snuck in there but there it's, it's obviously all staffs from the three uh true outcomes era um so really really bad and to make matters worse so i also i, I looked into whether teams can be successful give with a starting staff that gives up this many home runs of the 50 of the 50 worst starting staffs in home runs per nine innings only one of those teams went on to win 90 games. And that was the 2019 New York Yankees, who won 103 games, believe it or not. Um, two more caveats on there, as well as that uh, the 2020 Yankees and 2020 Blue Jays were high on that list. They obviously did not get to 90 games because they didn't play 90 games. Uh, th- those Yankees were on pace for 89 wins over the course of 162 um but nevertheless still uh your starting staff gives up that many home runs it's not a good sign it's not the only positives are that given the supply of starting pitchers that maybe we can start winnowing out uh, the lesser performing ones. And of course, yeah, Chris sale was back in his back last start. Again. He sure was. And then and you, s- and then you, you focus like Whitlock, I know got knocked around, but it's possible that it was related to the injury. It, you know, took yes. him out. Yeah. So just general rust with him too. Yeah. And uh, the rest of the guys are not entirely surprising, but yeah. we'll see how much of that regresses and see how much doesn't. Yeah. So it shouldn't, it should not surprise anyone to hear that the, the two pitchers who bear the most blame for the Red Sox giving up so many home runs are of course, Corey Kluber and Nick Pavetta. Corey Kluber has yet to go a single game without giving up at least one home run. Um, I think think that you're right about him being the DFA (laughs) candidate, but he's a two year contract, you said. Oh, I think they have, I think it's an option. Okay, it's a team option. Um, but it's that seems way more like Hanley than than Kike does. Yes, like whoa, you know, but but then you think about it for two seconds, like oh, actually, it kind of makes sense. It we're getting to the point, and it's it's almost Memorial Day here, numbers are stabilizing. Like everyone complains about Tanner Houck and his, you know, uh, apparent inability to be a starter. It's very, very clear. Nick Pavetta and Corey Kluber are easily the worst two starters on this team right now. Uh, well, I should say not right now because breaking news. Da 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 da. Uh, Nick Pavetta is being moved to the bullpen as uh, starting tomorrow. Um, so thank God for that. Uh, the six-man rotation experiment is over. Um, and then Cutter Crawford will also be and Whitlock will also be back soon. So there will be more moves to be made. Um, 
But like, it's not even close. Like Cooper and Pavetta have by far the worst home run rates on the staff. They also each have the worst walk rates on the staff. Um, so, you know, it's, uh, I mean, they're bad. <laughs> they're really, really bad. They're being given Kluber in particular now chance after chance after chance. And I think the only reason why is because it's, you know, look, it's either Kluber or it's Bayo, one of Bayo, Whitlock, and Houck. And Bayo and Whitlock and Houck are on the team for the next five years at least. So I feel like the Red Sox probably, they're not prioritizing this year as a championship year. And they figure we got plenty of time to figure out what we're going to do with Houck, Bayo, and Whitlock. We don't have a lot of time to figure out what Corey Kluber can give us. And so they're just giving him chance after chance after chance. And he sucks. And it yeah. needs to stop if they want to win. If they want to win in 2023, it's got to stop. Yeah. I mean, he can't do this anymore. He's throwing his fastball is topping out at 88. And to the extent that he's been successful with lesser stuff in the later years, he's been doing it because he's a control artist. That's gone now, too. He's got one of the worst walk rates on the staff. He can't do this anymore. Yeah. Maybe he just needs 90 degree weather, but I'm with you. I think that he is a far greater candidate now. Look. I've brayed about how right I've been on certain things, but you write about this one. Yeah. From he's, the, from, from the get go, you've been right about this. I mean, I don't know why it was his acquisition, in the off season. Look like there were, there were plenty of stats that you could point to, to say that like, maybe he could be okay. Um, but I think his ERA plus last year with the Rays was like 88. If the Rays are going to give up on a scrap heap guy, then we should we should probably have you know take their word for it that he's not worth pursuing. So there we go. He gets one more chance this weekend, at least. We'll see. The, I we, mean, and I think we're nearing the cha- the point where you, when you say that, the same way after Pavetta gave those catty comments to the media, it was sort of like, okay, your back is against the wall. I, I think you're right to think that Kluber's back might might be up against the wall. Yeah. I'd be curious to see. Um, Pavetta's stuff, you would obviously think, plays better in the bullpen because he throws harder than Corey Kluber does. Uh, I wonder, though, if Corey Kluber would, won't be as catty about moving it, only because Kluber, Kluber knows where he is right now, I would think. He's, he's had his day in the sun. He's been a, he was a dominant pitcher. He won the Cy Young, what, twice? Or, I think it was twice. Um, he knows where he is. Nick Pavetta still doesn't. Nick Pavetta, I mean, although he's like 29 or 30 years old, still hasn't really established himself as a major leaguer, or maybe thinks he has, but knows that other people think don't don't believe that's the case. Um, so Pavetta kind of does have reason to be a little bit more pissed about being moved to the bullpen than Kluber would. Um, uh, you know, Kluber might actually take it in stride, but we'll see. We may not find out because he might just be DFA. Who knows? I think that's more likely. Yeah. I mean, I guess there's a question of like how many, how many failed starters who don't necessarily have bullpen stuff do you want hanging around your, in your bullpen? I think with Kluber specifically, there could be an element of the Sox doing both of them a solid. Unlike Hanley, I think that Kluber would be, well, Hanley did 
catch on, I think. But the Red Sox, he cleared waivers, so the Red Sox had to pay. I don't remember. Neither do I. Not important. <laughs> but the important part is I think that I, don't, I, I doubt Corey Kluber wants to be a reliever. And yeah, I believe that the Sox would be fair enough, just as happy to to be rid of him entirely, and then to yeah, and someone pro someone probably would of course, then, of yeah. course. That yeah. most teams do not have like seven or eight starting pitchers hanging around. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Neither neither the Red Sox, but they <laughs> well they do. <laughs> They're just not so very good ones. They have starters in the sense that like somebody wins an Oscar every year. Is that yeah. who are the real deserving Oscar winners? Gotta have five starters. Yep. All right, so you're pretty angry so far. A plus seven on the first one, a plus nine on the second one. We'll stick with the pitching for now uh, and talk about the fact that Brian Bayo the other night had just the fourth homerless start by a Red Sox starter not named Tanner Houck or Chris Sale um, in, in getting the win against the Mariners. He also had a career high in swings and misses. But he issued a career high five walks and needed 107 pitches just to get through five innings. Um, so where are you on Brian Bayo's latest performance? Angry? Not angry? Neutral? All I heard was got through five innings. <laughs> uh, he's Brian. I can't. Brian with a Y. Yeah. With, y. An extra, with an extra. Now, look, he's got an extra A in there, but, you mm-hmm. know, that's. A for awesome. I I cannot be upset about that given what we've what we've we've dealt with. I mean, look, he's a work in progress. We know he's a work in progress. Yeah, yeah. And rep, what's going to solve this is reps. And the walks are concerning, but right now, I think as you pointed out, the long ball is the problem uh, that we've had to deal with. So I'll take it. And he got through five innings, so I'll take it. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, it's not uh, – I, I I had maybe like 10% of me hoped going into this year that he was just going to shove right from the get-go and we were going to – Say like, all right, we got ourselves an elite young starter on our hands. Um, that's obviously not quite happening, but I still think like he could end up completely taking over in the second half. We'll see. Uh, he did get traded in my dynasty league at that value. So, and a to a player who was not a Red Sox fan. So it was, I think, there were a lot of high expectations. Yeah. Yeah, I think. And you know what else? He strikes me as the type of guy to who um, will be like a real like lights on pitcher. Um, And I think once if the Sox remain in contention, I think he'll be the type of guy who, you know, if he if he's starting the opening game of a three gamer against the Yankees, like he's going to come out and that'll be his his best most memorable start of the year as opposed to the the cold may nights against the mariners yep yep so i can, I can see that we'll see all right give me a number then oh negative eight negative eight okay super happy about brian bayo all right uh here's something that'll make you happy tristan don't, don't, don't assume that <laughs> Tristan Casas, month of May, 
306-409-583 with three home runs and just eight strikeouts in 12 games. It's finally happening. It has taken a long time. I thought I, I was expecting him to come out of the gate much stronger because I, I think he I mean he, he showed so much plate discipline and he was so good at putting up competitive at bats in September. Um he had an outstanding spring. Uh so I really didn't think he was gonna be hitting under the Mendoza line for as long as he has been. But it's finally happening with Casas. Am I is it you know, am I right? Or yeah, that's a that's a negative ten right there. Negative ten. Um, it's all we I, want. It's all we want. What would the number be if I had added on to that? He was eating some kind of solid food with a fork out of a container in the dugout mid game two nights ago. I mean, it's pretty great, isn't it? Great. I don't He's, know why we love that so much. I mean, like for a hundred years, stars—they're just like us. <laughs> well, it's like baseball players have been playing with fucking wads of tobacco in their mouth for a hundred years. And yet like we see somebody eating in the dugout and it seems so strange and bizarre, but it is strange and bizarre. So, well, so I love it for like, that reason. Wouldn't you want to eat outside rather than in the clubhouse? No, yeah, for sure. Nice yeah. It's a beautiful night. Weather, yeah. Weather's nice now. Yeah. That no, guy, I... but that guy out of everyone, and this is part of his charm. He doesn't care. Mm-hmm. In fact, if he does care, he cares about being different. And that's awesome in a baseball yes. player. And very, very rare among good baseball players. Yeah. I will, as a follow-up, so now that we're talking about all the predictions you got right before the season, I will take you back to a prediction you got, I would say, wrong. Although there's still time. Um, I'm sorry, my, our... <laughs> my internet's cutting out. I can't hear you. All right, that's fine. Give give me the stage. Talk to the listeners then. You know, oh you know. no, no, it's back. <laughs> so in our this is this wasn't something we discussed at the round table, but this is something we wrote in our season's prediction piece. I asked uh I asked the staff to to predict whose city connect jersey we would see the most of by the all-star break. Um and I and I gave as choices effectively that the newcomers and the young players who were taking on new rules. So I think I or new roles rather. So I think, but you know, the options were Casas, Yoshida, Turner, Whitlock, and Bayo. Um, I, now I initially, I think in my first draft of this, I think I was initially going to say Memorial day and I bumped it to the all-star break, which could come into play because this, the window is not closing this prediction, but your answer was Tristan Casas. And it's not even close. I would say at this point in the season, it's Masataki Yoshida, and it's not even close. Oh um, no! Are you Masataki Yoshida is easily the fan favorite amongst that group right now? No question about it. No question about it. Well, I'm ten mad at you for life. You just told me. You just said, "Here's what Tristan Casas has done this month." Yeah, for, for best, if, after after being in a brutal negative value player, for you the said month by before. Memorial Day. Yeah, I said by the All Star break. So he's ah! but, but as of ah! now, as of now, there is no question that Yoshida is is considerably more popular than. Cass. But it is not the All Star break. I maintain it it's cast. I thought so I still... thought you were going to say I said Whitlock, and I would have been like, well, yeah, yeah. No, 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 there. no. Yeah, you said Casas, and you said it's not even close. 
you said, I believe if that boy does Don't. anything, and I yeah. believe he will, he's going to be a bigger star than Rafael Devers. I don't say that lightly. It's true. And I think that could still happen. I do also want to point out that I am not a Yoshida hater by any yes. means. No, yeah. Well, I mean, I think you also is... live in Boston, so you have a better beat on these things. Yeah. Well, Yoshida is establishing himself is himself as one of the best hitters in the league right now. Um, Costas is. I, I have a full faith in Costas that he is legitimately turning things around right now. He's going to get there, but he's not going to be as good as Yoshida this year. Not, not even close. And then you add in, you know, the the Yoshida factor, of course, you know, players that come over from Japan with big contracts have more excitement built in in that acquisition. I think there's it's it costs us is going to have a lot they of work do, to do over the next month. They to do catch up among like natives from where the player is from, but I think that white super, I mean, let's just be honest, white superstar Red Sox prospects have the highest upside in terms of just connecting to the fans in Boston who buy gear. Maybe. Uh, I mean, I suppose like if you're just talking about fan connection, the fact that I won't argue that Cassis has been better than Yoshida. I'm not arguing. But we have until the all-star break. All right. We'll, we'll revisit. We got a, we got a month or so. Um, God bless them both. God bless them both. Um, so we do have a month or so to the all-star break, which brings me to my next one. Uh, how angry are you that the baseball season is now officially over a quarter of the way done? I saw that recently. I was, I don't remember what I was doing. It's like looking at a set of stats and I had games played and I saw 40. I was like, whoa, it's ins- this happens to me. I've been watching baseball for parts of four decades now and this happens every single year i can i just i i can't get over how quickly the early season passes by yeah but the it's the uh middle third of four that takes eons august just lasts 100 days yeah that's true can't argue with that so am I mad about that? No, because this is this is this is when it gets special. You know, this is yeah, we're a quarter of way through, and that was the a lot of that was the shitty part of the season. And yeah. this is you know, the the weather here, and I'm sure the weather there is just this is when it makes you feel alive. And it's it's uh just as I am sort of surprised at how fast it goes by. I am more excited for it on a day-to-day basis, especially if the Red Sox are good. You know, they're good. Yeah. The weather is actually my theory as to why it catches us by surprise so much. Cause I don't think, I don't think this happens in other sports really. Um, certainly not like, I don't like, I don't think it, I don't think anyone after week four in the NFL is like, how have they played four games already? They know they've played four games already. But with baseball, I think because we associate baseball so strongly with summer, for obvious reasons, because they play every single day during the summer, that we kind of we 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 tend to think of the part of the year where they play in like cold, windy, shitty weather 
as really being a very small part of the season when it's actually like at least a month and a half. Yeah. I mean, I think the difference is, and football season goes fast because it's short, you know, so it like right. by definition, but. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. At least with football, when they start playing, it's like, incredibly nice out but as it gets worse out it changes the game and it's the weather is a component of the game whereas when they play baseball in not later in the season because in october there's so much at stake that it supersedes the weather but there are many 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 games in april and early may we were like why why it it seems it seems like only half baseball in, right in, in the, on those nights like it seems like those, it doesn't really count right well and it's just like oh this is why you guys get paid like this is miserable it's just miserable uh it's like why are you doing this it, it the part of the boys of summer thing is that you feel like if you were a certain age and your boys were around you're like let's go play a game whereas in the april you wouldn't be like it's 20 degrees out or 30 degrees out Let's go play some baseball. Like, oh, the game where you just stand around waiting for someone to hit the ball doesn't sound like a good idea. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Doesn't feel good. Not fun to play in. Not fun to watch. All right. So, you, so you're happy. Our favorite sport, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> so you're happy then that the season is, is a quarter of the way through. Sure. Let's go negative four. Negative four. Okay. Interesting. All right. Um, one more for you. Where does your anger fall with respect to the fact that, as we learned last night, 
Dave O'Brien can do an almost pitch perfect impression of Vin Scully. What do you have my total for this? This you are uh, currently you are currently at negative six, which means no, 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 no. My total. Oh, for the season? Yeah. Uh, week one, you were minus seven. Week two, you were minus. and then week three you were plus five so you're in you're still in the minus 999 million range okay one million oh sorry one one billion one billion whichever brings me up to single digits again so you're mad about infuriate brian's okay all right let's hear it why keep that man's voice out your mouth dave oh interesting I, so i i am a little mad about it too but that's not the reason i'm mad about it because it gave us a glimpse into the possibility that he maybe actually has a personality and well, that's, a part, funny, that's part of my but anger. isn't but isn't showing it to us if you can do that copy him don't use yes. don't use his voice. Copy him. Don't I, be I, the polar opposite. Good. We're back in manageable numbers on the season. <laughs> Congratulations on this. This is Dave O'Brien gotcha. Because I agree with you. It's the what, what? you're interesting? Do that. Do that. You know. I will say it's that is that I mean you what you just said is something I've been wondering for years. I used to I, I used to love late at night putting on a Dodgers game on MLB TV and just listening to Vince Scully. And I would ask every night if if we all agree our grandkids that this is are the best say this we're like we used to turn on the TV at 10 p.m. Listening, like, yeah, yeah, yeah Grandpa I was like, no, he was different. He was he different, like- and, and it wasn't, and it wasn't just a case of like, you know, he's a comforting old voice. Like he legitimately did no, the games he's, he better. He is the goat and a half. And he's I like, don't, and no, I don't, I never understood, like and 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 nobody's like him. But there's also like easily understandable ways. In that he was different, I think, in my opinion. He didn't have a color, man. He didn't have a color, He did everything himself. He did everything himself. And he chose to tell the stories of the players as you were watching. As opposed to just being like, well, this, you know, this guy's slider's not working tonight. Which is something I want to know and I want to hear about it on broadcast. But Scully didn't just rely on... The slider's not working tonight. Like he told you the story of that pitcher. If we're talking about the slider, how he met somebody at a Burger King and he learned the slider. And so like, so to me, it's, it's to me, what made Vin Scully great, like, isn't some weird ephemeral thing. Like, I think we can define it and identify it. And since we've all agreed that he's the best, I don't know why. No other TV executives out there have been like, let's try to do what he did. Well, the Red Sox very pointedly went in the opposite direction. Not that Orsillo is Scully, but Orsillo enjoys himself. 
Scully, I mean, he did clearly enjoyed himself, but he, as you said, like he wanted to tell you stories and he loved it. He loved every part of it. Whereas the Red Sox have made a choice to bring in O'Brien where it's professionalism. I mean, it's just like tofu. So yeah, I, I'm sure it's a great impression. Dave O'Brien uses his voice for a living and he was, you know, he's sure he's great at it, but I think that anyone will tell you that Dave O'Brien is as good as the, his ceiling is defined by whoever's sitting next to him. Really enjoyed the Millar games because Millar just has that sort of live wire energy that at least it's honest. You know, you know, yeah. Millar is having fun. Yeah. I thought I was going to be annoyed by more Millar this year because my initial reaction to him was that he's talking too much. And I still think that's probably the case, but I'm also coming around to. You want Dave O'Brien to be talking instead? <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, is Kevin Millar talking more than I wish? Yes. But it's, is it an improvement over what we usually get? I think, yeah, it probably is. You know, the, the best case scenario here is that, and I, I think this is a very realistic one that would necessarily involve a sort of eventual O'Brien offshoot is that the, given the deep bench of the 2004 team, which is where they're going to draw from, you recreate the Mets booth, which is one of the greatest mm. booths uh, in TV, probably the best booth in TV. Yes, I would say. yes. No question and, about it. And, and has been for years. By having, and I'm, and I'm glad you mentioned that, like the, the aspect of it being a booth too, because Ron Darling does national games, and he doesn't do it, every game, right? And Ron, Ron Darling, Darling doesn't is do every never game. as they good. rotate, yeah, right. He's never as good in the national booth as he is in the Mets booth. I mean, it's it's if I I don't think I the single baseball fan I know who's listened to the Mets TV booth not say that's the best booth. Yes. I, they're up there. I really love uh, Jason Benetti and uh, what's his name? Rob Stone. Is it Rob Stone for the White Sox? Uh, uh, Jason Benetti, I think. Jason Benetti should be Fox's number one play-by-play guy. I don't think I, I, the White Sox have Hawk, Hawk ruined me. <laughs> yeah. Sox. That's, that's yeah. Uh, Oh, by the way, speaking of this, first time this has happened, and this is a sign of John Sterling's age we talked about. The other day, I was driving to the dog park. Get Yank game started. Turned it on. It was not John Sterling. Really? It was just no offense to Will Fleming, but it was a Will Fleming like young that, guy who doesn't really have a. Uh, was it Ryan Rucco or what? The guy that does the podcast with CC Sabathia? I think it was. I think you're yeah. Right. Yeah, I think, was, I think I think he's been the backup guy. I have listened to that podcast a couple of times, and it's good, but it's mostly good because of Sabathia. Not of course, Sabathia is awesome. Sabathia is one of the players the Yankees got. I was like, I hate this because I love him. Yeah, no, he was such a horse. And like, a, for a guy on the eve of the playoffs to be like, guys, I'm an alcoholic and I got to deal with it. I can't play. And the team to be like, that's good. Like take care of yourself and everyone to be cool with it. It's just like everything Sabathia has done. Yeah. Well, he also wasn't good that year. He was which terrible. made it easier yeah, to step away from the yeah. team, but it was awful. But I share the general sentiment. 
when uh, when Pl- Sabathia plunked the dude in that cost him his bonus. Do you remember this? No, I don't. It was the last game of the season, and Sabathia had like an innings bonus. I'm pretty sure it was an innings bonus. That if he reached a certain threshold, like 150, that he would get like a $500,000 bonus. I'm pretty sure it was $500,000. But the Yankees and the Rays had some sort of beef. So Sabathia, there was a warning, and then Sabathia was pitching. Uh... And he just fucking plunked the dude. And as he's walking off, he's like, that's fucking right, or something like that. Mm-hmm. And the Yankees gave him the bonus anyway because they were just like, yeah, that, okay. Like, it was Jesus Sucra. Yeah. It, it, I'm looking at a five hundred thousand dollar bonus. Yeah. Yeah. And so he he was willing. He didn't. I mean, he's made a lot of money, but he. Yeah. So he was just like, I don't care. That's ball. Anyhow, enough Yankee. God, I got to stop doing this. You do enough, enough Yankee love. Well, all right. I actually forgot to put this on the list, and I don't know how. But Mr. Now, Aaron Judge, cheater not, expert not, here, not not just Aaron Judge. How, let's let's add this. Let's add an audible to the list. How angry are you about the fact that Aaron Judge was looking at something in the dugout moments before hitting a home run, and then the very next night, Domingo Herman was thrown out of the game and is now in the midst of a 10-game suspension for sticky stuff. I'm I'm neutral. I look cheat to win. Just don't be the Astros. <laughs> just don't be the Astros. The, the Astros, it's just like the steroid scandal. It's when like Andy Pettit was busted. He went up there and he apologized. Nobody cares. Yeah. Right. Uh, the Astros did all this shit. And then they went out there and would not own up to a single bit that wasn't covered in the report. And that's why people get mad. Yeah. Games been shipped. Like they're always going to try to cheat. And there's pitch calm now. So it really shouldn't matter for Aaron Judge. No. Yeah, no, it's it's right. All whatever he was doing the other night was legal for sure. Um, I don't really care. But even about, if it wasn't, you got to protect your shit, man. Yeah, yeah. I don't really care about the fact that they were relaying what was obviously a case of, of pitches being tipped, which the I, pitcher admitted, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And and I'm also not. I'm not angry about this at all. I think it's hilarious. Um, I do think it is hilarious and dumb and stupid and doesn't reflect well on Aaron judge that when he was asked about it, instead of, like you said, coming clean, he said, he claims they were chirping from the dugout and, and he stepping up and being a leader was like, come on guys, we're up six, nothing. Let's, let's tone down the chirp. Totally explains why the next day he did the like, can't see me. Yeah. Yeah. Mr. So he was just being extra, he was being extra sportsmanshipy one night, and then and then gloating about it the next night. Like that's just uh, that's just that's that's a that's a tool behavior right there. I don't like that. How good, about good? Gonna... This is, we got the shit on the Yankees a little bit. <laughs> we did. You want to? You want to? Uh, let's. Uh, I forgot that I actually copied and pasted this. So we. So let's let's tack on one more element to this, and see how angry. So wait, you're neutral about that? You're yeah. a zero on that? Okay. Zero. How... So how angry does the following tweet make you? Oh, I'm wondering, should I make you guess who this is? No, yes. I'm just going to tell you. No, 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 oh, no. Oh, you, okay, tell me okay. the tweet. Let me guess. Okay, here's the tweet. 
There is an assumption on the Jays side that their pitchers slash catcher were betraying the identity of the forthcoming pitches last night and that this was being conveyed to Aaron Judge. And this is why he was glancing to his right for info. Let me read that to you again, because I know you because I know when I started the tweet, you weren't sure why I was reading it. There is an assumption on the Jays side that the pitchers slash catcher were betraying the identity of the forthcoming pitches last night and that this was being conveyed. To is it our man? Judge. Is it our man? Is it our man? Is our man true? No, <laughs> no, 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 no. No, who is it? Tell me. Go ahead. That's Buster Olney. Oh, God. Who then, who got, who was getting roasted in the replies for describing pitches being tipped that way. And got super snippy at everyone. That's all he ever does, man. It is all he ever does. He's and his the, he, stance was that was that if he uses the phrase tipping pitches, that not everyone will know what he means. So he instead uses betraying the identity of the forthcoming pitches. It's it's Buster is not like him and uh these NFL guys and lots of major league baseball guys who claim to be impartial observers, but have very, very specific ideas about how the game should happen mm-hmm. and, and their role in sort of gatekeeping that. I, I would say, I would say even what's even more annoying about Buster only is not necessarily his ideas about how the game should happen, but about how the game should be talked about and observed. The one thing I'll get from Buster is, He'll he'll mix it up, man. He he's not yeah. gonna he's not gonna I sit don't... quietly while you roast him. He, he'll come after you. I don't understand. Like he must be the most angry man in the world. Because like every time I, well, make... I don't think so. I think he's happy. You think he enjoys doing it? Yeah. Every time I make the mistake of mixing it up online a little bit, uh, it always just like it gets my blood pressure up so much. And then later that night, I'm like, what the fuck? Like, why did I even bother doing that? Who gives a shit? And he just, that's him 24-7. It's him 24-7, just taking slings and arrows and throwing them back at people and even over shit like defending his use of betraying the identity of the forthcoming pitches. Oh, I feel bad for the forthcoming pitches. (laughs) What a piece of work. And, you know, I used to enjoy... Back in the day, ESPN ruined it, but ESPN used to have a podcast that was mostly only in the God. I can't, I can't even remember who the the host was. The host was just some other relatively minor baseball personality on the site, um, and it was mostly just like the two of them just just talking about the game in a casual way. And they ruined it. They turned it into they turned it into Baseball Tonight, the podcast. So it was like newsy and reportery, and like who. who nobody needs that nobody cares about that in a podcast so they ruined it but i actually enjoyed keith law in that format um but god i can't stand him in the twitter formats yeah it's uh the medium can be the message and uh, they they people one thing that twitter did see james comma bill was realize if you have it uninterrupted link to these people's ideas you're going to see things you don't want to see you don't want to see <laughs> yep. well not me anymore because i'm blocked by bill james but if i wasn't 
Oh, what? Uh, what did uh, what you get blocked over? Was it like I don't a crime? Remember. It was it a baseball thing or was it about like? Uh, it was some just uh, some wisecrack. It just some wisecrack over some dumb shit he said and uh, how it always happens. Yeah. So fair enough. Hey, that's a good way to go out. Yeah. Um, all right. I, I, unless you want to count that tweet, I, I don't really want to count that because that's sort of ancillary. So we'll we'll finish at the Aaron Judge sure. neutral score. Sure. Um, so you are back at this is for the season now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, because you brought yourself back to zero. You're plus eight. So you're. So I'm, uh, I'm angry. You're angry. You're that angry. That sounds yeah. like me. That sounds you're way angry. more like. All right. All right. So there we go. I'm glad we found. What was it? The it, oh, it was the Aaron Boone quote that that gave you the. The oh, minus man. a billion oh, happiness fantastic. score. Oh yes. <laughs> so Aaron Boone makes you happy. Dave O'Brien makes you mad. That's uh, that's that's what we've learned so far this season. Well, Aaron Aaron Boone has a lot more making me happy to do after that game I was at. You guys know the <laughs> one. I wasn't at that game. I, mean, yeah. I was, you know, I was still in college, but. All right, that's it for the anger scale. Should we move on to the San Diego Dads? Yes. All right, this weekend, big series. The Red Sox travel to San Diego. We got tonight, Blake Snell versus James Paxton. Uh, Tomorrow night, Joe Musgrove versus Chris Sale. And then Sunday night, how's this for a juicy matchup? Corey Kluber against Michael Waka. How you the, feel Kluber about Walker one, the, the Kluber Walker one is funny because it's that's it's like the Spider Man meme pointing at yeah, each other. For exactly, it's, exactly. It's like the one to one replacement there. Yes, this is exactly. Yeah, Kluber is what Walker was last year, or is supposed to be what Walker was last year for the Red Sox. I mean, that Sale Musgrove matchup is pretty. They, yeah. They've been neither of them has been great this year, but that's that's yeah. the one. That's the well, one. Musgrove's still shaking off the rust. You know, he, he had that bad injury in spring training. He's only had four starts this year, um, and they've been up and down. So yeah, that 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 game scares me a little bit. That could go either way. Um, Blake Snell has just pretty much been Blake Snell this year so far. He's, just, he's been exactly Blake Snell. Yeah. The thing we need to be scared, worried about, is that um, Mr. Juan Soto appears to have possibly finally shaken out of his really bizarre kind of season and a half long slump, which isn't not, even really a slump. But. I'm not scared of it because this is, I knew we were that we collectively as a society, we're going to get back here. Yeah. It's like, I, I, I was starting total. to worry. I was starting to worry. I was not sure that we were going to get back to it. I was literally like, is, is this just who he is now? Are we never going to get back to is, did he peak as a 20 year old? <laughs> Which did, did, doesn't seem possible. I mean, I'm sure we can think of some case of that happening in baseball history if we if we really dive into it. But I was starting to get worried. In the month of May, though, now he is now he's he has an OPS over a thousand in the month of May with 12 extra base hits in 15 games. I mean, I always you know, love Red Sox, Padres. They have so San Diego and Boston have so many baseball connections that it's like mind boggling and yeah. obviously extremely true as today as it ever has been with Xander. <laughs> How much Walker, Padres have you been watching Stella. this year so far? Oh no, I haven't watched they're on late at night, Dan. Oh that, that's why I watch them so much. The only yeah. the only teams I I watch the Red Sox and then I watch West Coast games. I watch the Red Sox and then I go to sleep. <laughs> 
Um, I, but also, like this team is. I don't. I don't know if I mentioned this in the off season. I probably did because I've been saying it for two years now. This this current iteration of the Padres, the Tatis era Padres, are to me the closest thing we've come to like the 93, 94, 95 Mariners in the sense that like these were just two teams who were buzzy and cool Cool. without being dominant. They were cool. Yeah. That's, that's the big difference. That's they're just, they're just cool in a way that no teams in between them have been like, there have been teams that have been fun and interesting and good, but somehow that that Mariners team and this Padres team is tapped into something different. You know, it's funny as the other day, I just found myself watching the last out of the 1995 ALDS. Really? Which is one of the non-out, the non-out because he beat the throw. Well, that's what I mean. The last, right, right. The last, the last play where it's, that was one of the great series, one of the good, one of the great moments. I've also been listening yeah. to a lot of Bill Simmons against my better judgment recently. It's fine. There's no way Bill Simmons talked about the 1995. No, but he, 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 he's done this forever. He's like, it's really a moment. It's really a moment. I gotta say for the Mariners, <laughs> that was a moment. That was a moment. Yeah. That was a really big moment. And, and just like Ken Griffey was, so, we talked about this a little bit on the pod with June. How I, I said that I think until Otani, no one has quite matched Ken Griffey's heights in, in the national consciousness in that era. And maybe that's maybe that was perfect place, perfect time. I, I was like eight years old at the of time. Of course. It was Ken Griffey was perfect place, perfect time. Yeah. Perfect rookie card. Like mm-hmm. everyone had it. It was beautiful. Beautiful he swing. Was, he, he was the favorite player twice. of every of every Everybody. kid I went to school with. He was the favorite player. I I even as an eight year old, being a, a budding hipster, went with Barry Bonds because I had to be different. But everyone else that I was friends with, Ken Griffey was their favorite player. And and what's funny about that now that I say this is, none of us had ever even seen a Mariners game. <laughs> we never had seen a Mariners game. It was just purely based on Sports Center highlights. Yeah, good choice in Barry Bonds though. I was right. I was 100% right in terms of who was a better, better player. player. No question about it. No question about it. There's also a better it, player so. than pretty much everyone, except for somebody you mentioned like 30 seconds ago. Maybe. Uh, Otani's ridiculous. Yes. I, I think I, Griffey's still bigger than Otani because baseball was bigger. He was cooler. He was fun. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. I, I don't. Internationally, like I said, no. Internationally, Otani well, is going to be the biggest baseball star in history. Probably already is. Yes. Well, I think. I think a lot is going to be determined by what happens this November, and it, with his free agency. I think you know we'll see. As long as he stays healthy for the rest of the year and puts up another Otani year. And by the way. Uh, I know he, he struggled on the mound a little bit last night against the Orioles and he's been giving up a lot of home runs so far this month, but like this, like he could win the Cy Young this year. Like he, he, he came sneaky close to doing it last year and he might, and you know, that all the cards might fall in the right place this year. And he, and he, if he, if he wins the Cy Young, he's obviously going to get the MVP again. If he wins the Cy Young, there's no question about that. Even if he doesn't win the Cy Young, he's going to get the MVP again. He's going to get the MVP again. Yeah. So if if we go into 
free agency this year with Otani having established himself as far and away the best player of his generation, if not all time. Like it's it could be the biggest offseason story baseball's had since God, I don't know. That's two thousand. But what's the last big off-season story baseball's really had, though? A-Rod, Manny, A-Rod. and uh, who was the pitcher? Uh, was it Randy? No, it wasn't Randy Johnson. It was A-Rod, Manny, and there was one major, major starting pitcher and then a whole bunch of other guys, too, who were free agents in 2000. And that was that was a huge. You're talking about the year. You're talking about the year he signed with the Rangers and Manny. Yes, and he Manny signed with the Red Sox. Yeah, but even that that's not one story. You're just saying like that was a big off season in general. That was that was that was huge. Like a Rod, Otani is not as or a A Rod is not as good as Otani, but a Rod was the single best player at his age to ever come up for free agency. I think At that's probably true. Yeah. Well, I mean, he was what? He's probably well, free agency or something. Was he 24 old. years old? Like how, how old was he? He must have been super fucking young. Yeah. He was, mean, a, he was an 18 year old rookie, right? Yeah. I mean, A Rod is a clown, but that guy is. But was that good. still. Was that. Yes, it was. I mean, that was a huge you know what the other one? baseball world for sure. But this. You know, well, actually, think, you know what a bigger one was? was 2003 when the Red Sox, it was in between the two years. Mm-hmm. The Schilling and... And the A-Rod non The A-Rod non-trade. Yes, that was a massive Followed story. by the Aaron, yes. Aaron Boone. That was probably bigger, especially to us. Yes, that was a massive, massive story. That's true. Um, but I, I I, think if Otani stays healthy, I think this free agency is going to be even bigger. Well, I guess it depends how it plays out. I mean, if he just... I suppose it's possible that he just like signs with the Dodgers on the first day of free agency. And we're like, ah, well, that was obvious that he was going to do that. Um, but if it, you know, something bigger, if it turns into, like, if it's a bidding war, if the Mets are involved, if, if it's Mets versus the Dodgers. I can tell you if, what it's like. I can tell you exactly what it's like. It's like the decision for LeBron. That's what it is. Yeah. Like I can, you can't do as much in baseball to dictate it, but it's, I would say Otani's talent level is more comparable to LeBron's than A-Rod's would be, which is a crazy thing to say, but it's, that's what it's like. It's like, here is the best player in his absolute prime picking where he goes. That's what it'll be like. It's a little bit different just because the nature of the, you know, the financial structures in the game, what, what kind of sucks about, what I'm worried. I, I just mean media, media wise and like zeitgeist yeah. wise. Yeah, there. This is the single guy. This is the guy. Now in basketball, there are many. There are fewer. There are far fewer yeah. guys. But in baseball, there's only one guy who pitches and hits like that. I am. I am worried. And that's Pablo that Reyes. It's Pablo Reyes. Well done. <laughs> well done. <laughs> Um, I didn't realize, by the way, you know, you know, everyone's talking about how he threw that 34 mile an hour EFIS pitch. Apparently, did you see uh, who holds the record for the slowest pitch? Is it Zach Greinke? It's not. It's a position player. Who is it? It's Brock Holt, who wants to rate 30 mile Brock an hour Holt! pitch in a, in a Major League Baseball game. Uh, what were we talking about? The Padres? <laughs> eh. <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> All right, Jeremy. Make a, prediction. Make a prediction. All right. Um, I am going to predict 
I hate to do this. I'm going to predict that Xander Bogarts gets just two hits over the three games. And uh, Twitter will be a ugly cesspool. Red Sox Twitter will be an ugly cesspool during all three games. And I will say the Red Sox I think the Red Sox are only going to win one out of three here. I know the Padres aren't playing that well. There's still a couple of games under 500. Um, but I don't like Walker versus Kluber. <laughs> I really don't like that. I just, I, I, I assume that Musgrove is going to turn it on at some point. And now this is this his fifth start of the season at home. That's a pretty good chance for him to turn it around. Um, Snell, for what it's worth, I'm not worried about Snell, but he is coming off his best start of the season against where he, he shut out. The so Dodgers. is James Paxton. Those also, Paxton. also is worse. <clears throat> yeah, so I think, um, yeah, I, th- I think the Red Sox did well to take two or three out against a really good pitching staff in the Mariners, um, and I just see them falling back a little bit this weekend. I think they're going to drop the series. I agree. I'm going to say one out of three games in my supplemental prediction will be that Justin Turner mm. gets another two home runs. Mm. Okay. Off the, off the case Western building. This is case Western. What's one, one will be, uh, no, that's a college. No, that's a college. It's, it's the Western it's metal supply co. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, there you go. Speaking mm-hmm. of highlights I've rewatched recently, the Bartolo Colon home run. This is another one I, I, I yeah. found myself watching. What are your thoughts on Petco in general, by the way? Just real quick tangent. Because I have completely when when Petco first opened up, I hated it. I, I thought it I thought it was the jumping the shark moment for the for the retro. See, that's how I felt about Detroit and sort of still feel about Detroit. But but yes. See, I now I've come too around. Too much to, is going on in Detroit. Well, I just think Detroit's. I think Detroit. I put Detroit and Seattle and Philadelphia. I put those all into the same category of like, you're all just kind of boring me a little bit. Like you're, See, you're all Cleveland. Just the same Cleveland thing. does less and is better because of it. Yeah, that might be true. That's that's my take on that. I I Petco is fine. It's uh, that's where I went to see the World Baseball Classic semis and finals. That's where it mm-hmm. was. And then I've been there for Padres games too. I mean, it's San Diego. It's hard to fuck up. Yeah. I've been to San Diego. I've not been to the ballpark. Um, but now I love it. I've really come around. Like I said, I mean, I watch a ton of Padres games. And I've come around to really just... It has a, never... it has a, it has a sense of place that, that Philadelphia and Seattle and, in my opinion, Detroit lack. Well, it's like in the actual like city part of the city, which Detroit is too, but Detroit as a city is... Like a hollowed out core. I'm not gonna speak ill of it, but it's it's like the other stadiums, but it's more like the Padres have the same way the Mariners are inherently charming, the Padres are inherently charming, right? The Red Sox to some degree are the East Coast version of that. And Cardinals, like these teams have different things that make them neat but the Padres I've always like, always loved the Padres and uh, I'm fine with Peco. anyhow we gotta we gotta start wrapping this up do you have a recommendation 
I do a recommendation. Uh, it's another kind of basic one that most people will have probably already heard of, but uh, it's worth shouting out anyway because it's that good. Uh, season, I think it's season three. Season three of The Great just dropped on Hulu. Have you watched The Great? Nope. It is outstanding and hilarious. Um, it is a highly, highly, highly fictionalized telling of Catherine the Great. They don't even remotely try to tell the actual story. So they're just horsing um, around? Oh, that plays a role. <laughs> That's a good one. That's a good one. Um, but it is hilarious. Elle Fanning plays Catherine the Great. Um, Nicholas, uh, what the, the hell is his last name? Holt? 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 Yes, Holt? Nicholas Holt is Peter. Um, he is, it's it's one of the funniest shows on television. Uh, I think it you got- You should have led with that part. That Yes, yeah. it, it is. It is not. It's not a drama. Uh, although there's lots of people getting killed. Uh, it's an extremely raunchy comedy. Um, and it is hilarious. It does have a lot of social commentary on where we live today, but that's not really its 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 purpose. Um, I, I saw it get sort of unfairly maligned um, and lumped into shows like Dickinson, which I actually also enjoyed as as being sort of like, girl boss revisionism you know like a type of show that sort of puts these uh unrealistic modern ethical standards in the past i actually don't think that's true with this show at all um this the show does not worship catherine the great uh it shows her as naive and idealistic but ultimately incompetent in a really funny way um and ultimately it's just about it it's about a really weird toxic uh erotic relationship between her and, and nicholas Pope. um it's hilarious it's it's really really funny i highly recommend it nice it's by the same guy who did both the favorite and the lobster oh i don't know if you ever saw either one of them. the lobster you, you is that lobster? yorgos lanthimos yes yeah love me some yeah i've seen them both yeah, The Lobster, my guy. I remember walking out of that movie and just being like, that was a really good movie. I do not ever want to watch it again. It just made me uncomfortable the whole time. The Great is not that. The Great is just, it's the discomfort stripped away, just leaving some really good, absurdist comedy. Funny that you mentioned The Favorite because I did start watching the Rachel Weisz show, Dead Ringers, and I didn't make it more than i made it like two episodes she's unbelievable and one of the most gorgeous people i've ever seen but she's like 52 now but my recommendation is going to be lying because i did it two weeks ago for the recommendation (laughs) i said i i said so i started cooking stir fry but i didn't actually have a walk yet you recommended a walk before you have it because i did stir fry and i was thinking god this would be so much easier if i had a walk (laughs) And I just couldn't think of anything. And I was like, still really proud of the stir fry I made the night before. So I was like, I just so it was good. So you didn't even need a walk. No, it'd be, it would be better. It'd be easier. That's, that's fine. You have no idea. Might be worse. Maybe. Maybe. That's know. why I said lying. It's good. Do that. Well, thank you for my uh, other recommendation is, is to read. The... We've mentioned it is to read my review of the Legend of Zelda Tears okay. of the Kingdom on OverTheMonster.com. I think it's a good review. That's wild. Yeah. That's what I'll say. Yeah. Well, thank you. I very have been much playing for definitely doing the laziest recommendation this show's ever done and clearly not putting any thought to it. Appreciate that. 
I put more thought into this one than I did to the walk one because I knew I was going to do this. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, but that's it. That's it. This is not a lie. This is the end of the podcast. This is the end. I'm going to go read your Zelda recommendation even though I anticipate not understanding every five words or so. No, you'll understand. You'll understand the game is not for you. The previous game is for you. This one is probably not. Previous one. Okay. All right. Yeah, you'll see. But that's it. If if people want further uh, Zelda talk, go to the pod on Lansdowne feed. They talked about it. But until then, Dan, I'll talk to you next week. Take care.